You are tuned in to Calvary Chapel's Bible Prophecy Series. And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truthful Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Web Minister Nathan Jones. We're transmitting live from our Aventura Hollandale station. And well, today's topic will be an important one as we look at the signs of the times and also the return of the Lord. For those of you that want to participate in today's program, we're transmitting live, and our local phone number is 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537. When the lines will be open, you're more than welcome to call in or text in with your, mess, with your questions or your comments. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Well, I'd be happy to, Pastor Vic. And again, thank you for having me on. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for those listening in, Lord, and watching who would want to hear your word and grow in their relationship with you. And I do pray you'll bless our conversation, teach us what you want us to know about you and your amazing plan for all eternity. And uh, Lord, we look forward to what you have in store for us. May you be glorified and praised in your precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. You're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, as we talk about signs of the times and the return of the Lord. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com and on Facebook on JN832. And when you find us on Facebook, make sure that you hit the like button as well there on twave.tv. For those of you that are part of the twave.tv family, we want to welcome you as well. Those of you that are watching us live and those of you that are tuning in live via twave.org. Well, before we continue today's program, I do want to welcome my special guest and good friend, Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. Nathan, a pleasure to have you on. Always a pleasure, brother. Your, your sunny personality, their Miami personality just always brightens my day. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, listen, man, I missed you last week. Talk to me. What happened to you? Where were you? Well, uh, I was away at the, what's called the iMinistry Conference. It's a local conference here. Well, it's in Dallas, where I'm uh, situated here, but all people from churches all over the country came to it. And basically, it's talking about how to reach people for Christ online. And obviously, with the technology, we have to say the Lord wants us to use it to reach people for Christ. And it's a man, it is amazing what the Lord is doing through this technology, especially with like online campuses and outreaches and just people are coming to Christ all over the planet through this new technology. We're breaking through barriers that can't be reached, like Islamic uh, countries that won't let the gospel in. It's going in through the Internet and over cell phones and whatnot and mobile devices. So the gospel is spreading all over the world, and I just wanted to go there to that conference and learn new, new uh, potential ways of outreach as well as uh, share ideas. That is excellent. And Nathan, what a great tool we have at our disposal. I know the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association is also using these kind of tools, and, and multitudes of people are coming to know the Lord sort of like behind the scenes uh, in the Internet, and people need to realize that that's a new a way that we can do ministry, right? Well, everybody becomes a web minister. You know, we're all missionaries. Uh, surely we're missionaries to our friends and family and, and neighbors and all, but 
you know, going to other countries and things, that's, that's a hugely important part. But now anybody can get online and, and talk to people from all over the world and share the gospel with them. The mission fields come to us through technology. and I really do believe that the Lord's using it mightily to evangelize the world as we get closer to Jesus in return. Absolutely. That is excellent. Nathan, thank you for that information. And also, Nathan, in case someone wants to get a hold of you and your ministry, your wonderful resources, any information for them? Sure. Our website is lamblion.com. That's L-A-M-B-L-O-I-O-N, lamblion.com. And uh, our ministry, Lamb and Lion Ministries, uh, Jesus came first at his first coming as a suffering lamb, but is returning as a conquering lion. And that's how we got our name, Lamb and Lion Ministries. You can find all sorts of materials about Bible prophecy and apologetics on our website at lamblion.com. Excellent. Those of you that are tuned in via twave.tv, they're on Facebook on twave.tv. You can actually see all that information as well. So thank you so much, Nathan, for uh, sharing that wonderful information with us. Nathan, also, before we continue, how are things in uh, Texas, the weather there? I mean, there's always beautiful things going on. Well, we're at the very heart of the uh, Ebola scare that's plaguing the nation right now. You know, we had that uh, one man, uh, Duncan. Uh, right. Skipping, lost his name there for a second. But, uh, yeah, he died uh, only 20 minutes down the road from us at uh, the Presbyterian Hospital there. And, of course, some oh. of the nurses are now sick. And and so we are the, kind of at the heart of the scare. The news, they just talk about the Ebola scare 24-7. But, you know, the hospitals and the doctors and the CDC have done a, a lot to now contain it after learning some lessons and I think most people here in Dallas are feeling pretty good that we're not going to have Ebola. Yes. Well, I'm glad because I was reading that in a newspaper, and I was thinking about my friend Nathan there. I'm saying, <laughs> I hope he's good. I'm praying for him. Well, thank you. We, we always need the prayer, and let's pray that this doesn't break out into a, a plague and that we can keep it isolated. As, you know, news, Unfortunately, new sick people are coming in the country, and uh, you know we're not doing much about keeping them out, and so it could spread in other areas. But at least for Dallas, I... It does sound like it's very well contained, and uh, I, I do think that the, the trust that we can have in the CDC is there. You know, they've been getting really bashed in the news a lot, but they've gone extreme measures to make sure that Ebola doesn't spread. And, and uh, I think people here in uh, Dallas are feeling pretty secure. Praise oh, <laughs> that is great news. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I do not want to visit you in the hospital, okay? <laughs> well, if I have Ebola, you won't be visiting me at all, bro. I won't be visiting you. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. And of course, on a more serious note, I mean, that's why we've been talking about a very important subject matter, and it's that of the signs of the times. And Nathan, of course, we know that more of these type of things are going to develop. There's going to be more threats, more scares, but yet we need to understand God has everything under control. And of course, Nathan, you've been taking us through this incredible journey in these past weeks regarding signs of the times, and you began to share with us a number of signs, and maybe for someone that's tuned in for the first time. Uh, can you take us through that journey just very briefly, Nathan, with some of the signs, and then also recap for us the last sign of that return of Christ for us? Okay. Well, uh, the apostles were with Jesus Christ at the temple, and they had three questions for Jesus, because Jesus had just made a statement that the temple would be destroyed. And they were like, wow, you know, this is an amazing building. How could this be destroyed? So they had three questions for him. One, they wanted to know when the temple would fall. And we know historically that was 70 A.D. Two, they want to know what will be the signs of the end of the age, and the end of the, this church age that we're waiting to, for it to come to an end. And number three, what will be the sign of Jesus' coming, his second coming, at the end of a terrible seven-year tribulation. So Jesus gave ten 
responses to their questions. And it's interesting that he didn't address each of the time periods, but he addressed them all uh, with the same signs. But we know that the signs, he said later, were like birth pains. They come more frequently and more intensely as we got closer to the end of each of these uh, three questions. So we're definitely at a stage where the signs are getting more frequent and more intense and coming at us harder and harder, and that tells us that we are getting close to the end of this age, which will end with Jesus coming to rapture the church, to take the church, those who believe in Jesus Christ, off this earth and up to heaven. Mm. That is excellent. And of course, Nathan, and we see that the times are just being prepared. We believe that the Lord can return at any moment. And of course, that's why we also need to make a distinction, right, between the return of Christ. Uh, we know that there's going to be two uh, events. Nathan, can you talk to us about that, the difference between both? Sure. The return of Christ is his second coming. It, he promised all over the New Testament, especially in, in the very end of Revelation, that he would return. And from his point of view, it would be soon. Now, for us, it's been 2,000 years. A lot of folks are thinking, ah, he's never going to come back. But he gave us these 10 signs in Luke 21, Matthew 24, and Mark 13, all parallel chapters that indicate and let us know when he will be returning. And so that's coming, coming up real soon. And, and it's amazing. These signs, you read them, you're like, wow, it's like I'm reading the news. And Nathan, isn't that incredible? I, I mean, really, when you open up the newspaper, you turn on the television, as all these things that we're, we're seeing, it's, uh, I mean, I believe that the Lord can come even before we finish this program, right? <laughs> uh, it, the rapture is an imminent event. It could happen at any moment. So to answer your, fully your question, uh, the return of Jesus is, uh, comes in two stages. The first stage is the rapture of the church. That's uh, every person who has put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior will be taken off this earth to meet Jesus in the clouds, and there we will be with the Lord forever, just as First Thessalonians 4 and First Corinthians 15 have taught. And then... Following that is uh, seven years of tribulation. There might be a little time before that, but we know definitely there will be a seven-year tribulation. That is where God, like the flood, pours out his wrath onto the world because of not only their sin and evilness, but to bring many people to their knees so they accept Jesus as Savior, especially the Jewish people. It's going to be a terrible time, especially for them. Uh, Jeremiah 30, verse 7 calls it the time of Jacob's trouble. And uh, for seven years, the earth's population will be decimated. The ecology of the earth will be pretty much destroyed. Wars, nuclear wars, by the time it's done, the earth would barely be existing. And that's when Jesus comes at the end. And that's the second stage of his second coming. That's where he returns to this earth. He defeats Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet who serves Satan. He defeats their armies. He sets up his kingdom on this earth in Jerusalem. He cleans up the earth. He makes it like a utopia again. And for 1,000 years, Jesus rules and reigns on this earth. And that, man, I am so looking forward to that time period. I, I love that. And Nathan, everything happens in order. And that's what I love about Bible prophecy. For those that take the time to study it, when we look at the book of Revelation, we see all these things developing. Right, Nathan? The, we, we find there the seal judgments, right? that trumpet judgment, the bull judgment, and everything is accordingly. Now, sometimes people have a hard time understanding, but that's why we encourage individuals to take time to study eschatology and Bible prophecy so that they're not confused or scared, right? You know, 31% of the Bible is Bible prophecy. God wants us to know his plan for us. And he gives us so many clues about what's going to come in the future. And the biggest hope of all, besides the rapture, which is you know, a great hope now, is the the hope that we win. Good wins, 
evil is not only defeated, it's utterly destroyed, and we have eternity with God, just like the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve walked and talked and had personal fellowship with God. We, too, will have personal fellowship with God one day. So there's great hope to know that evil will not triumph. It will seem to triumph, especially during that seven-year tribulation, but Jesus will defeat it, and we will have such a great blessing ahead. And that's the message of Bible prophecy. Jesus wins, and that's so important because we can get really bogged down in the negative aspects of Bible prophecy, like the the nine of the ten signs that Jesus gave us in Luke 21 and how terrible the tribulation is going to be, although fortunately for Christians now we won't have to live through it. But it gives us hope, and that's what Bible prophecy, I believe, is all about. Excellent. And you're absolutely right, Nathan. And I pray that individuals that are tuned in via twave.org or twave.tv, or maybe they're going to be listening or watching these broadcasts in the future, the message is still the same. It's a message of hope. God loves you. God has a wonderful plan for your life, but it starts today. Those of you that maybe are tuning into this program and you still don't have, a, you still haven't made a commitment to Christ, hope is found in Him. We believe that window of opportunity is closing soon, and uh, we don't know, of course, when the Lord will return, but as Nathan Jones is sharing with us, it can happen at any moment, and, and millions and millions of people are going to be left behind to the tragedies uh, that the Bible talks about. So it's a message of hope. And Nathan, that is the message that Lamb and Lion has been sharing for over 30 years, right? Yes, uh, our founder, Dr. David Reagan, was an international law and politics professor at a number of Ivy League schools, and he, uh, he saw what was going on during the Six-Day War in 1967 and how prophetic it was that Israel, the Jews, have control of Jerusalem again, because it, it fulfills so many different prophecies and sets up a number of prophecies that still have yet to come. So back in 1980, he, he gave up his career, and he started this ministry, Lamb and Lion Ministries, to full-time preach and teach the soon return of Jesus Christ. And I've been very blessed for the last seven years to be part of that team, and uh, we just really believe that uh, Jesus is coming soon, and we want to get people excited. We want to give them right. hope. Uh, you know, there's a wonderful future ahead for them. And Nathan, and that, that, that's why there's not many ministries out there, I mean, in comparison to the, uh, to the wonderful ministries, but very few that really um, bring this home in a very simplistic way. Uh, non-super exciting kind of a thing that people are looking for today, but just the basic truth of what the Bible says and the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And that's why uh, it's wonderful to see all the articles that you have put forth regarding every subject matter so that anyone that have, would have any question can check out uh, some of these resources. So I, I think it's just amazing. So the, the, the return of, of Christ, Nathan, at the end of the tribulation, uh, this takes place, and uh, talk to us a little bit following uh, uh, that after the, sec after the return of the Lord. Well, as we get to these, these signs that Jesus gave us in Luke 21, he, they grow more frequent and intense, like I said, and we're certainly living in a time where they're growing frequent and intense, and that, but they get really ratcheted up during the tribulation. Matter of fact, uh, one of the, let's start with the first sign. The first sign that Jesus gave us was that there would be a proliferation of false prophets, Yes. false teachers, false religions, and he gave us, actually, that's the number one sign or the most frequently mentioned sign in, in the Bible. And But we know during the tribulation that it will all culminate in one particular false prophet, a man, a person, who will be the false prophet. He will be the PR man for the one world leader, the Antichrist, and he will force the entire world to worship the Antichrist. So 
<laughs> when you talk about false prophets, uh, it was 500 false uh, cults, 500 cults in the United States right now, 1,200 different religious organizations. There's a lot of confusion and a lot of false teachers and false prophets. Absolutely. Uh, now, the second sign that was given was wars, that wars would increase in frequency, intensity, rumors of wars, and we certainly live in a time where there's constant war and constant rumors of war, but we know during the tribulation before Jesus' second coming that there will be global wars that literally will kill one half of the world's population. So we're talking 7 billion people. That's 3.5 billion people will be killed just in the first year or two of the tribulation due to the the wars that the Antichrist will wage across the planet if he conquers it. Wow. So those are two of the, the two of the worst signs right there. We continue on. Uh, the third sign, earthquakes, that earthquakes would increase in frequency and intensity the closer we got to Jesus' return. Certainly uh, it's been well proven that earthquakes are increasing dramatically in our age, but during the tribulation we know that there's going to be some earthquakes, four in particular, that are just going to crush most of the earth. We're talking about all the mountains falling and the, and the islands wow. drowning, and, and so we get some tremendous earthquakes heading our way. Uh, the fourth sign was famine, so there'd be great famine throughout the world. There's been many famines in our age, but during the tribulation, because of all the war and the food lines and the distribution being destroyed, that many people will fall into starvation and many will die from it. You know, Nathan, and on that note there regarding famine, I mean, we're, we're starting to see some effects already. Uh, even in our own country, and people don't want to recognize the situation that we're in, but you gave us some astronomical numbers in terms of famine period uh, around the world. Yeah, I mean, we're just starting to see it because of the drought. I mean, the, we, I believe, and this ministry definitely teaches, that biblically the Lord continues to use drought as a way of getting people to pray. I remember a few years back when Atlanta had a terrible drought, and the mayor said, hey, we need to pray to Jesus about the getting rain, and people laughed at him and all, but you know what, it, it takes drought, it takes starvation to get people to crawl out, cry out to God, you know, to give up their pride, and uh, there have been certainly many famines across the world, uh, China in 1959, they had the great Chinese famine, 43 million people died in Russia in 1947, one and a half million, uh, growing up, you probably remember in Ethiopia, 84, 85, 400,000 people starved to death. Right. Today, there's many people starving to death in North Korea, and it continues on and on. But during the tribulation, we're talking about not millions, but potentially billions of people starving to death during that time. So it's a, a great tragedy that lies ahead. Well, Nathan, and you made a good point. Sometimes certain things need to happen to get our attention, right, and to, and to get us to pray. And that is an area that we've been stressing lately, Nathan, for believers that they need to pray uh, and, uh, you know, not just the dinner prayer when we're eating, right, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> I like that term. Yeah, you're right, the dinner prayer. So I, I believe that it's through prayer that, that you know, we, God wants to talk to us. He wants to communicate with us. He, wa he wants to have a relationship with us. But too often we just shove him aside and only sort of call upon him when everything is falling apart, right, Nathan? And of course, there's nothing wrong with that because God is a loving father. But I believe also prayer, it shouldn't, catastrophes shouldn't have to always take place for us to get on our knees and call on the Lord. But God will use even those things because the Bible says that those that he loves, he disciplines in Hebrews, right? He chastises them. That is so true, Pastor Vic. You know, it's a shame that as humans we, we get so consumed by the minutia of life and daily living that we push God out. When we, we, we forget that Jesus is life. The Bible says he is life. He's the light of life, and, and we need him. And sometimes he, he has to... 
as a loving father chastise us or give us difficulties in life so that we turn back to him. I think that's why Jesus said that the fifth sign, a pestilence or plague, would be a, a major sign of the end times because sometimes we have to be sick and on our backs before we turn to God and call out for him to be our Savior, to renew that relationship with him. And that relationship isn't, you know, a master-slave relationship. It's a father-son, a father-daughter relationship. And, and he wants us to, to thrive in that relationship. But sometimes bad things have to come in our lives to get us to take that relationship seriously. Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much, Nathan. And, of course, uh, I just wanted to interrupt that thought there regarding famines because, as you mentioned, uh, that's a way to get our attention. And here in the United States of America, droughts and certain things are a way for uh, Christians to, in a sense, wake up, because I do believe that uh, some of us are still sleeping in a slumber. <laughs> yeah. You know, we take our prosperity for granted. We we forget that it's God who's given us that prosperity. And now that the, especially the droughts in uh, Colorado in particular, excuse me, uh, California in particular, and well, we well know drought here in Texas. We're in the middle of a three-year drought. Our lakes look like ponds. It's awful. And that affects the food supply. Our food prices start going up and we have a wonderful worldwide distribution, but, uh, you know, it, we are a major food supplier for the world, and we are really getting hit hard, and it hasn't hit us quite yet, but the next year or two, we're going to see major reductions in food stock and supplies and major price increases. So the Lord is trying to get our attention. Absolutely. And Nathan, of course, talking about drought, man, we live here in Florida, and let me tell you, uh, when we lose water, everything turns brown here. <laughs> I don't know how you lose water. You're right on the water. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's amazing. But as far as the rain and the lakes, Nathan, they dry up very quickly because we're so close to the uh, table, the water table. So, oh, okay. yeah, it really is very interesting here how brown it gets, even though we're so close to the water, you know? So all we have is alligators left at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm surprised. My grandmother uh, used to live in Tampa, and she said that whenever they dig a grave, they hit water. So, yeah. <laughs> You guys must just be floating down there. <laughs> it, does, it does seem that way, though, Nathan. But definitely, <laughs> as you mentioned it there, these, um, these droughts, uh, you know, uh, these are things that are part of these signs. And uh, I know you're taking us through a recap on these. And what follows, Nathan? What follows afterwards? Well, the sixth sign is fearful events like social, economic. That could be stock market crashes, financial crashes, social upheavals, and things like that. And those would go more frequent, more intense. The seventh sign was great signs in the sky, like astronomical signs as well as weather signs. And we've certainly seen weather get worse and worse, and just like Jesus said, growing worse in both frequency and intensity. The eighth sign that Jesus gave us was that there would be a, a greater persecution of Christians, and we certainly see that around the world as Islamic uh, terrorists, uh, armies like ISIS and Boko Haram are slaughtering the Christians en masse, and uh, in the West, even, there's a lot of persecution of Christians now, and so that would increase. And unfortunately, during the tribulation, those who accept Jesus after the rapture and get saved, they will be, it'll be a life decision because the Antichrist will kill anybody who proclaims their faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So the persecution of Christians will just get worse and worse. And then what is called the super sign, the ninth sign, is Jerusalem. As the world's attention is focused on who controls Jerusalem, and uh, there talks about as uh, the world nations will surround Jerusalem to destroy them again, just like they did in 70 A.D. And now Israel is in control of Jerusalem. So we know we're getting real close to the Lord's in return because Jerusalem exists under Israeli hands. 
which is a major, major prerequisite for a lot of the tribulation judgments to happen. Excellent point, Nathan. And then, of course, and that brings us to the last sign that you shared with us uh, earlier, at least a little bit. And uh, that, that is a great recap there. And following the Jerusalem, as you mentioned, Nathan, all the, the I mean, uh, we see them, they're back in their land, and people are still flocking back into their land. And that's all that the Bible says is supposed to happen, right? Yeah, uh, the second regathering of the Jews. I mean, they were put in exile back in 586, and they were sent to uh, Babylon at the time, and then under Persian control later. But they came back to the land, but the Romans dispersed them in 70 AD, and then they all are now heading back into Jerusalem. Yeah, about half the Jews of the world now live in Israel, and so that is a major, major sign that the Lord said would, would show that we are getting close to his return, which is sign number 10, the return of Jesus Christ. Now, unlike the other three questions where there were signs that predate him, Jesus did not return before 70 A.D. He will return at the rapture, but the return of Christ is primarily at where he sets foot on this earth, is the second coming at the end of the tribulation, where in Luke 21, 25 says, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars off the earth, nations shall be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken, and at that time they will see the Son of Man come in the cloud with great power and glory. And when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is growing. Woo! Hallelujah. Nathan, that is, super, that, that is just amazing. And I think we have a call here on the line. Let me see, Nathan. Hopefully we might be able to have a minute to be able to uh, take this call. Yes, you are Live on TV, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about signs of the times. Your questions or your comment, please. Hello. Did we lose you? Sorry about that, Nathan. Oh, I'm starting here. Yeah. But uh, please try us again. Those of you that are tuned in live via TWave.tv, TWave.org, our lines are open. You are tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. The local number is 305 992 9537. I know we only have about 30 seconds left to the program, but you can try to reach us at the second segment of the program. And Nathan, uh, thank you so much for um, sharing uh, with us. And uh, if you could please uh, wrap up that thought, that would be great. If now we'll, we'll finish it on the second segment of the program. Well, I'll just, uh, if you know that Jesus Christ is returning and all the signs point to it, I have to ask you, are you ready? Have you given your heart to Jesus Christ? Praise the Lord. And Nathan, thank you so much for being part of this first segment of our program. Time goes so quickly, but it's awesome to have you on. Thank you for having me, brother. Excellent. And of course, those of you that are tuning in, thank you for tuning in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we've been talking about the signs of his coming, the signs of the times. And of course, we want to encourage you, you can always reach out to us here. Even if our lines are busy or if we're off air, leave us your name and number and a brief message and we would love to get back to you. So thank you for tuning in. May the Lord bless you and have an awesome day. Go. Oh.
from your hands Oh, won't you please just take my heart And just tear it all apart Just break me down And build me up again I want to be like wood Call from your hands are listening to T-Wave, Calvary Chapel Spanish Radio. Live from the Aventura Hollandale area station, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, Wet Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. And of course, our subject matter will be that of that return of Christ in the last days. Of course, before we continue, we want to give out our local phone number. For those of you that want to participate in today's program, our local number is 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537. Feel free to give us a call or text in your questions or your comments. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to. Thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word with those who are listening and watching. We thank you so much for T-Wave and how, Lord, it seeks to give the gospel message to people. Lord, the message that gives hope, life, and a future. Bless our conversation today, Lord, for your honor and glory in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about the return of Christ and signs of the end 
times. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com and on Facebook on JNA32. Also, make sure that you all stay tuned into the Christ in Prophecy program here on twave.org on Wednesdays at 10.30 in the morning, as well as on Tuesdays, the Calvary Chapel Bible Prophecy School of Ministry Radio Edition at 11 a.m. And just a lot of wonderful programs here on twave.org. But before we continue today's second segment of this program, I want to welcome again my special guest and good friend, Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. Nathan, thank you for being part of the second segment of our program. Thank you for having me on. I just love when we get to talk about Bible prophecy and get people excited about the gospel, man. It is just a blessing to be on your program. Amen. <laughs> and I'm also excited to have you on because you always got some great uh, stories or something new that is going on. You share with me before that you, you are not infected with Ebola, and I'm, <laughs> I'm glad for that. I am, too. I am, too. You know, we're here in Dallas, so that's where Lamb and Lion Ministries is, and and uh, that's where the Ebola uh, problem has started, and that poor gentleman who, who died here. And, and, but that is pretty well contained, and we're praising the Lord for it. Uh, that is awesome. And, of course, we are joking around, but it is th- those cases are popping up, and that was close to you. So that's why we thank the Lord that uh, it, no one there has been affected, and we do want to thank the Lord for your wonderful ministry, Nathan, there with Lamb and Lion. And once again, Nathan, maybe someone is new to this program. Maybe they just tuned in for the first time. Would you be able to share for us briefly once again your contact information and also so- somehow that people can get a hold of your resources? Sure. Our website is lamblion.com. That's L-A-M-B-L-I-O-N.com. And we are a Bible prophecy teaching ministry proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ. We believe with all our hearts that the Lord is coming back really soon. So our ministry exists to teach people that Jesus is coming back and get them excited. And you can find out more about us through our website, lamblion.com. There's all sorts of articles, social groups you can join. And, uh, of course, we have our television show, which is shown on 17 networks across the planet, and that television show is Christ in Prophecy. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much, Nathan. Again, those of you that are tuning in, take advantage of these wonderful, wonderful resources. They will serve as a blessing uh, to your spiritual life. Nathan, you took us in our previous program through an incredible journey of the signs of the times. You shared with us 10 distinct signs that would occur pointing to the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you for, uh, again, recapping that for us. But also, Nathan, another thing that I did want to see maybe we can talk about during this program is um, each one of our ministry, we have a certain statement of faith that talks about who we are, what we believe. Uh, And sometimes we also find that um, there is a little bit of a division uh, amongst ministries because, well, maybe this one doesn't see exactly this point of view that you see it, and they're non-essentials. But can you talk to us a little bit about Lamb and Lion Ministry? Uh, in other words, your uh, statement of faith, your doctrinal beliefs, for those maybe that are tuned into the program? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very important. Uh, matter of fact, uh, nobody should pick a church home or, or follow a ministry with, unless they know what they really believe about the Bible, God, salvation, uh, what I call the primary doctrines. The primary doctrines are the ones that are essential to the faith. You're not a Christian unless you hold these essential doctrines of the faith. And then there's other teachings that were called secondary doctrines. That's like uh, teachings on the end times or how to hold a church service or, you know, different things like that that aren't essential to salvation in our understanding of God. And those are secondary doctrines. And, and as Christians, we can have disagreements on those and still be brothers in Christ. Yes. But 
if we have disagreements on the essential primary doctrines, then that's when you're really having debates between true Christianity and cults. Absolutely. Great point. And we do want to make a distinction so that people also understand who we are, what they're tuning into, what kind of doctrine. Because in the last days, you mentioned to us in Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 and on, that there's going to be many false prophets and many false teachers. Right, Nathan? Exactly. Exactly. And we need to really know our Bibles to, to say to put on the full armor of God, so to speak. It's, it's by, when you know what the Bible teaches, when you have false teachers trying to tell you lies that are definitely satanic, then you know that they're lies, and you can defend your faith in God from those lies. So it's very important. Absolutely. And doctrine is very important. I wanted for you to share a little bit about uh, uh, Laminaya Ministries. Uh, Nathan, your, your foundational beliefs and doctrines, and also as well as our Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Sure. Well, on lamblion.com, if people want to follow along, they just click the About Us button. And then on the right-hand menu, it's creedal statement. And on our creedal statement is what we believe in about uh, the God, about God, the Bible, Jesus, salvation, you name it, that's our listing there. It's, we keep it it's short and to the point. Some can get very long pages right. and pages. But we want people to understand what we truly believe about uh, the Bible and, and what it teaches. Absolutely. And then, of course, uh, your foundational uh, faith, as well as ours, they can, anybody can just find ours, really, because we're part of Calvary Chapel. They are calvarychapel.com, and uh, they have the statement of faith also on our web pages. And, and it is very important for us to walk together, like it says in Amos, right, Nathan? <laughs> exactly. I, I've attended two Calvary Chapels over the course of my life, and I've always appreciated the Calvary Chapel movement. Uh, I know there's a lot of division right now, and some emergent churches are starting to emerge out of some of the Calvaries. But overall, I have found the Calvary chapels to be very doctrinally sound, very passionate about primary doctrine, and very passionate about the Lord's soon return. So I just praise uh, you, uh, praise the Lord for you, Pastor Vic, and for Calvary Aventura. Uh, you guys are doing amazing work in teaching the primary essentials of the gospel. Oh, thank you, Nathan. And that's why we also wanted to encourage our listeners to know that Lamb and Lion Ministry, Calvary Chapel, the truth will set you free. We pretty much line up in the essentials, the things that really matter, that relationship with Jesus Christ, salvation through Christ alone. Then there are other some things that are non-essentials, but we really shouldn't divide the body up over these things. The Christian body, we compromise, we comprise of Jesus Christ trusting in him, believing in him, in his grace, that he died uh, for our sins, rose from the dead, that we believe in him uh, by faith uh, and through grace. We have salvation. But then there's other things that Bible prophecy teaching ministries, such as the truth will set you free, Lamb and Lion, uh, Don McGee, Christ in Prophecy, uh, and so many others that also hold us together when it comes to views. Uh, we need to be like-minded when, when we talk about the, the pre-tribulation, right, Nathan? Uh, uh, and, and those things are also important. Yeah, I, I think a, a proper interpretation of the Bible will lead people to understanding. Uh, certainly there's disagreements over timing of events that happen during uh, eschatology or the end times. And we can agree to disagree, and it doesn't affect our faith in God. It doesn't affect our understanding of who God is and our salvation. Absolutely. And we can get along. Unfortunately, I think Christians generally are an ornery bunch, and we spend a lot of time arguing and bickering over the little things, uh, parsing participles and, and going nuts over what collar the choir robes are. And, and it, we miss the point of the essential doctrines. 
And uh, that's what we put in our creedal statement. What we believe are the essential doctrines of the Bible, that you're not a Christian unless you believe these doctrines. Mm. And Nathan, of course, and that's why um, one of the things that I've noticed is even within the Bible prophecy circle, there are some that believe, well, we're going to go through the tribulation, uh, we're going to be raptured halfway through the tribulation. Now, Heck, there's people who don't believe there's even going to be a tribulation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so... It, it, I would say they're interpreting the Bible incorrectly. Uh, you know, one of the guiding principles for our ministry, and I think for anyone who studies the Bible, is to take the interpretation of the Bible literally. If the plain sense makes sense, look for no other sense. Otherwise, you will end up with nonsense. <laughs> and that is a that is a motto of our founder, Dr. Reagan, and that is so true. I, I think we get so many weird and, and convoluted interpretations of the Bible when we just don't take the Bible literally. Now, Certainly there's symbolism, there's poetry, there's history, there's all sorts of styles across the 43 authors of the Bible guided by the Holy Spirit, and we need to take those literally as well. If it's a symbol, take the symbol literally. If it's a, a poetic device, take that literally. It's a poetic device. But uh, when we start spiritualizing the Bible, when we start making it say whatever we want to, we give it meaning that's clearly not there, then that's when our interpretation falls apart, that's when false doctrine starts coming, and that's when you start getting cultic teachings. Absolutely. And this is why, Nathan, we're also uh, uh, talking that part of the signs of the times is going to be a lot of false teachers, a lot of false prophets, and uh, uh, we're seeing it. We're seeing it everywhere. And we also want our listeners and our viewers to know who they're lining up with, right, Nathan? Because it's very important for us to be on the same page. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think a lot of it started, um, <clears throat> you know, at least for Western cultures, the, the Bible was taken literally. It was considered inspired by the Holy Spirit, infallible, in other words, without error, and is the authoritative word of God. And then around the 1920s, the School of Higher Criticism, the German School of Higher Criticism, came in, and they started questioning everything. Well, did, did God really say that? You know, just like Satan said in the Garden, did God really say that? And that's what they did, and they started picking it apart, and then they started, uh, you know, saying that there's all sorts of uh, things that don't line up, which isn't true. And, and then eventually people lost faith as the Bible being the authoritative Word of God. And when you don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God, then you don't trust it. So you have to make up your own view of what you think God is. And that's when you really start wandering off the reservation, because you have all sorts of these crazy ideas about God. We need to, as a primary doctrine, all Christians believe that the Bible is the inspired infallible, authoritative Word of God. It is our one and only source for understanding who God is. And when we stick to the Bible, we get a clear view of who God is. Excellent, Nathan. Very well put. And this is why we filter everything through the Word of God. We encourage people to read the Bible. We encourage people to study the Bible. We encourage people to study Bible prophecy, eschatology, uh, because these are the things that will open up our eyes to the truth of what we're li aware of the times in which we're living in, and also regarding the soon return of the Lord. So, Nathan, this is why a uh, very important uh, subject matter. Not many people think that it is important. The doctrine matters, that our statement of faith matter, but it does. And uh, we also hope that uh, people would appreciate uh, the ministry even more, such as Lamb and Lion and others, because we all pretty much uh, hold true to the same uh, beliefs there. And, of course, Nathan, also... Um, can you clarify for us regarding uh, pre-tribulation and modern pre-tribulation? 
Well, certainly. Uh, when you say pre-tribulation, that means before, pre, and the tribulation is a seven-year judgment that's coming upon the world. Uh, the Bible pre teaches it in many different locations, particularly in Daniel and Revelation, and it talks about a time period where God will pour his wrath upon the world. Very, well, I should say exactly similar to the flood. The flood was God's wrath poured out on mankind for their evil. And there is another time coming, which is called the tribulation. So there will be a seven-year tribulation. It's also called Daniel's 70th week. And it will last, according to Daniel, the prophet Daniel, seven years. And during that seven years, God will release 21 judgments upon the world. And the purpose of those judgments are, one, of course, to punish evil, but two, to bring people to their knees so they finally have to make a decision for Christ or not, and three, for Jesus Christ to return to defeat evil and set up his 1,000-year kingdom. So that is the tribulation. Now, for, there is the, also the teaching of the rapture. 1 Thessalonians uh, 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 and the other verses talk about Jesus taking those who believe in Jesus up to heaven to avoid the tribulation, to, to avoid his wrath. Now, when you say pre-tribulation, that's where some people say, well, you know, it's going to happen before the tribulation, that the church will be rescued, it will be taken out, it will be our blessed hope, as Paul called it. There's others who interpret as well in the middle of the tribulation, three and a half years into it, is when God will rapture the church. There's others who teach as pre-wrath, in other words, that only the, the seven last judgments, the bold judgments, are the wrath of God, and therefore he will rapture us, say, three four quarters of the way through the tribulation. <laughs> then you've got your post-tribulational people who believe the rapture happens as soon as Jesus comes back. And then, of course, you have your people who don't believe there's a rapture at all. They they read uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.17, caught up, snatch up, and don't realize that the word rapture is Latin for caught up, snatch up, and that's where we get the term rapture. So there's lots of different interpretations, Pastor Vic, but I believe when you interpret the Bible literally, you put all the verses and you line them up and you see, the, see them compared next to each other between the rapture and the second coming, it's very clear that Jesus Christ is coming before the tribulation comes on this world. Exactly. And Nathan, and that's where we all, again, we agree. We, uh, the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry, Calvary Chapel, we agree on the same things, and uh, we believe that those are somewhat essential to us, but they shouldn't divide the church, right, Nathan, uh, if someone else believes differently. Exactly. I have friends who are, uh, unfortunately, they take an, what's called an amillennial interpretation. They don't believe that Jesus Christ will come back for a thousand years. They kind of think that we're, the church age is it, Jesus will come back, and that's the end of history. And I get along with them right. very well. You know, I have friends who who believe in, in a rapture that might take, say, uh, mid-tribulation. And, yes. and, you know, I, I disagree with their interpretation, but, again, it has nothing to do with salvation, and, and so we can agree to disagree. Uh, I have very few friends in the poster view. They're very adamant about their view, and they're very angry at the rest of us. <laughs> so I have no friends who are poster view, unfortunately, but, you know, that's it. But if I had a fellow pastor who, who said, well, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're, they're just... It's the same God in different forms throughout history, that Unitarian view that there isn't a trinity, but God is just just one being who presented himself three different ways. I said, well, that's not biblical, and, and exactly. that's not doctrinal, and that's what we'll have serious disagreements on. Absolutely. Very good point, Nathan. And, of course, for anyone tuning in, you're tuning in to the Truth of Six Street Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we cover signs of the times, but also false prophets and false teachers and the importance 
of doctrine. Our lines are open 305-992-9537, 305-992-9537-321-N-TIME. Feel free to call us or text in your questions or your comments. Those of you that are watching us live via twave.tv and twave.org, you can participate uh, as well. And of course, Nathan, this is why what we're talking about is something that sometimes is not talked about very often, uh, but it is something that individuals out there need to understand because we also believe, yes, we believe in pre-tribulation, modern pre-trib. We believe the Lord is going to come first at the rapture, then the tribulation. But we cannot, uh, in a sense, think that if another believer, another church member doesn't see our point of view the same way, that we're supposed to hate them or alienate them. That's not the case. <laughs> you know, the church spends an awful lot, a lot of time shooting at itself instead of it, <laughs> at the enemy. And our enemy is Satan and all the different institutions around the world that he works behind to... Yes. And uh, the church spends most of its time fighting against itself. Uh, I guess we're easier targets or something. And it deludes the work of the body of Christ. It, it, it makes us less effective. And boy, if, if we were all working together like we should be, can you imagine how the gospel would be spreading around the world right now? Nathan, that's absolutely true. Uh, this Sunday, my message was out in Ephesians 6 about spiritual warfare. And I'm going to say finish the second segment, and, and people have no idea all the strings that are being pulled behind the scenes, right, Nathan, spiritually? Oh, yeah, it's definitely a war against principalities and powers of the air. It's a, behind every physical war we see, there's a spiritual battle going on behind it. Absolutely, and this is also mentioned to us and clearly uh, shown in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 9, Revelation 16, right, Nathan, these spirits have come out of the mouth, right? of the false prophets and the Antichrist to show that we're in a spiritual battle. Exactly, exactly. We are definitely in a, behind the scenes, there's a, a spiritual battle going between God's forces and Satan's forces. We know, thanks to Bible prophecy, that Satan will lose this war. He is nowhere near as powerful as God, and uh, evil will be defeated in the end. But right now, as we, we look around the world, and we're just dis dismayed at the, the chaos going on and the evil and the corruption in government and society, and we're like, where is God in all this? Well, this is a battle right now, and it's a war. Yes. And uh, we as Christians need to be united and stand against that instead of spending all our time shooting each other. You know, Nathan, great point. Someone said that Satan doesn't bother with any old dead fish floating downstream. And, <laughs> right? So what that means is that we ask our viewers and our listeners to pray for you, for me, for our ministries. Right, Nathan? Because... One of the things, the tactics of the enemy is that he wants to take these ministries out, such as Lamb and Lion and the wonderful work you're doing in our ministries, and we cover people's prayers, right, Nathan? Exactly. Prayer is essential. We, prayer is our connection to God as long as reading the Word. And without those two, a Christian's relationship with God is terribly stifled. Uh, take, for example, what if I didn't talk to my wife anymore? Oh, I right. I don't think my marriage would be very good, you know? <laughs> when we don't pray to God... It were, it's the same thing. It's like not to speaking to our spouse. We're going to ruin the relationship. And so it's very important that we pray. And, and I understand it's difficult to pray and never hear a voice back or God talk back. But that's why it's, it's actually biblical to be reading the Bible and praying as you read, because that's how God speaks to us. He teaches us through the Bible. He gives us his will through his word. So we really should couple our prayer time with our Bible reading time. That's a very good point, Nathan. That's an excellent point and a great word of encouragement to anyone that is tuned in to the program here. You're tuned in again to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, would love to hear from you. If you're in need of prayer, you can always reach out to us. Well, 
But also, if you don't have a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ, we want to encourage you to start one because the Lord can come at any moment, and we don't want you to be uh, left behind for all eternity, also to be uh, destitute without knowing God. And part of what we like to do also, maybe for you that are tuned in that don't have a relationship with the Lord, I was going to ask Nathan, maybe if you can encourage that person, or how maybe can they begin their relationship with the Lord today? Well, again, as we talked about primary doctrine, it's important to understand who Jesus is. because, And every time Easter or Christmas comes, you get Time Magazine or <laughs> all these don't. magazines come out, you know, and, and they, they have this, oh, the historical Jesus or the who right. they think Jesus is. But when you read the Bible, when you take the Bible as God's inspired, infallible, authoritative word, then we understand in the deity of Jesus, that Jesus was both God and man, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a life with absolutely no sin, that he performed miracles, and that through the shedding of his blood, by dying on the cross, we earn redemption. Redemption means forgiveness. We are forgiven for our sins when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And only Jesus Christ could have died for our sins, because he is God and he is perfect. The perfect died for the imperfect. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, he forgives us of our sins, he clears our lives, he takes away that guilt, and he gives us the promise of a hope and future forever with him. Mm. Thank you so much, Nathan, and I, and I love that because, you know, the Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and, and fall short of the glory of God. So really, if you're tuned into the program right now, you're watching us, and you haven't turned your life over to Jesus, recognize that you are a sinner, repent from your sins, invite Jesus to come into your heart, wherever you are, right, Nathan? That's a good thing, that people can call on the name of the Lord wherever they are. Right, right. It, you know, it doesn't matter uh, where, but it, it's got to come from your heart. You got to be truly repentant of your sin, and you got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God who died for your sins. That's what all the verses that talk about salvation. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. And that's, of course, John three sixteen, probably the most famous verse in the Bible. But it's so true that our faith in God is essential and that Jesus has died for our sins, and mm -hmm. claim that at any time. But I would, I would warn people, what are you waiting for? You know, why, why wait? Because we never know when Jesus is coming back soon, and when he does come, you know, wow, the, the world is going to be in an uproar, and you never know if you're going to die at any time, and once you're dead, you don't get a second chance. That's, That's right. so important in this life, to give your life to Jesus Christ. Don't delay. Mm, excellent point. Thank you so much, Nathan, for encouraging those that are tuned into the program. And Nathan, another thing that I did want us to touch on, and maybe we'll take this on another segment of our program, uh, we have, again, different views, uh, different opinions, different viewpoints regarding a number of events in the Bible, such as the timing of the Gog-Magog uh, War. When will Ezekiel 38 and 39 uh, be fulfilled? Can you give us a, a snippet of that right now, Nathan, just uh, for someone maybe that's new to this? And hopefully we can tackle it on our next programs. You have a different view than I do? No. <laughs> I can't talk to you anymore. I'm sorry. That's it. Brother, I'm hanging up. It. It's over, right? <laughs> it's over. It's over, man. No, no, no. There's a lot of disagreement on uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 is the, an end-time war. As a matter of fact, it's given more detail than, and even in more than Armageddon, although some will say it's Armageddon, and it's given more detail than any other war in the Bible, and that you can read about that in Ezekiel 38 and 39. It's called the Gog and Magog War, 
And uh, it's basically about an outer ring of, of Islamic nations headed by Russia who come down to try to destroy Israel, but then God supernaturally steps in and destroys the armies and the nations behind them. And uh, there's a lot of discussion. I have a, actually an article called Timing Gog and Magog on our website at limblion.com that goes through the details along with Dr. Ron Rhodes' book, Northern Storm Rising, which is probably the best book ever written on the subject. And it, it gives you all the pros and cons about the different timing. And for me, I believe the timing of the Gog-Magog battle could happen just before the tribulation or at the very beginning. Now, you're welcome to differ, my view, Pastor Vic, and you're still a brother in Christ, so I'll still talk to you. <laughs> no, not at all, Nathan, and this is why we just want to encourage our listeners. These are some of the things that we want to cover, we want to talk about. That's why we encourage anyone to be part of the program, to so call in or text in with their questions or their comments, because we know that there are essentials and there are non-essentials. And, Nathan, we do want to uh, encourage people to just study on their own, right? Amen. It's so important to be in your Bible every day. That's right. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for being part of the second segment of our program. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Pleasure's mine, brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in for The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Victor Tisa, Nathan Jones, thank you all for tuning in. May the Lord bless you. You can always reach us at 321 End Time. Have a great day.